This week, Josh Winters, a.k.a. Josh the RV Nerd, shares what it's been like being a dealer during the last year and a half's RV industry roller coaster, and some insight into what to look for when choosing a dealer. Plus, we're headed to Albuquerque's Balloon Fiesta. Maybe we'll see you there. This is RV Miles. RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean dedicated to helping you experience all the benefits of time outside and stay more comfortable while you're out there. From soft and breathable activewear designed to do it all, to just right layers perfect for changing weather, to sun smart clothing that blocks the sun's harmful rays, every L.L. Bean product is made with comfortable time outside in mind. Visit LLBean.com to shop now. L.L. Bean, be an outsider. Welcome to episode 213 of the RV Miles podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our three boys, have been crisscrossing North America since 2016 on one epic road trip. Here at RV Miles, we talk about everything from travel destinations to industry news, lifestyle, our national parks, and so much more. We are coming to you from wonderful Las Vegas, Nevada took a long drive down through the state of Utah had some had some nights in a, uh, a no service no internet campground along uh, a beautiful canyon and now we're in the metropolis of, of the <laughs> southwest with all kinds of cell service and technology in the area yeah we uh, went from really really <laughs> quiet to really really busy in the course of about 24 hours but we're really excited to be here because we're here for nascar we rolled in a few days early to get some work done we're staying at a campground here in the vegas area but in just two days on thursday we are headed over to the las vegas motor speedway for four nights taking in NASCAR. We just got off the phone with them today, kind of talking about what the weekend is going to look like. And y'all, this is crazy. It is going to be such a blast. I didn't know they did so much specifically for our viewers. Yeah, there is a whole lot that is just around uh, the things that are there just for the people that are RVing on site. They are going to have a wine tasting. There's goat yoga Stop it. Goat Stop yoga. It. Are you excited about goat yoga? I, I will um, be there with my mat. <laughs> there's a big a big party for the RVers that are there that's uh, presented by the National Indoor RV Centers, which is a, a really cool place to store your RV that they have. The, the main one, I think the first one is here in Vegas, and there are others around the country where it's all indoors, and they keep your RV plugged in all the time, and I they wash it. it and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, uh it's going to be a blast. I'm excited to get over to the track. Yeah, so we're going to share all of this over on the RV Miles Instagram page. So if you're not following us over there and you want to see Jason driving on the track in the truck, then you want to head over to Instagram and follow RV Miles. And we'd like to thank NASCAR for inviting us out for this upcoming weekend. We're really excited to share this with everyone. And we're really excited to experience this with our kids as well and let them see what RVing is like for kids and at of, a NASCAR event. Of course, you should watch the race this Sunday. Uh, it's going to be on uh, NBCSN. 
and it's the South Point 400. It's getting towards the end of the NASCAR season, so the drivers are all vying for those points, so they're getting a little <laughs> looser out on the track and and, uh, and and trying to earn a few extra to make it to the next step, but uh, I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and there's a possibility you might actually see our RV. You might see the Sabre Sabre <laughs> hanging out there. That's what we were told, is that sometimes you can see the RVs during the race, so we're excited for that, too. The Sabre might be on TV. We'll wave to you. Yeah, <laughs> teeny tiny, way up there. You might see us waving. <laughs> Once we leave here, we're headed over to Albuquerque, Ooh, We're going to fly. And we're not literally flying, not literally. but we're, we're <laughs> going to move quickly yes. over to Las, uh, over to Albuquerque, New Mexico, because we're headed to the annual Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta. And if you don't know about the Balloon Fiesta... You should listen to our Sea America episode. <laughs> we did a Sea America episode <laughs> on it, but there's just something about... They call it... I think they call it the Albuquerque Box. There's just something about that valley there that is, is perfect for balloons mm -hmm. and so they have this massive balloon fiesta there hundreds of balloons balloons shaped like darth vader and stuff but you know they're hot air balloons and uh and there's gorgeous photos it's this year it's sponsored by uh the main sponsor is canon cameras but it's also sponsored by the uh, a couple different rv industry businesses rv life and lippert i think so it's going to be really cool to visit. We're going to be doing some meet and greets there. We don't know exactly when those will be. So if you're at the Balloon Fiesta and want to meet up, we're going to have a, a few meet and greets. We'll post uh, the times and places for those uh, on our social media when we when we have those. But we're going to be there for like 10 days. Yeah, we're going to be boondocking again. And so that'll be great because now we at least have the solar panels here. There is a possibility we'll have our lithium our batteries. batteries by... might arrive Ooh. in Albuquerque. So again, I'll be putting them in. <laughs> while we're boondocking <laughs> but it's gonna be a lot of fun and another experience that in the five years that we have been on the road it's always been something we have wanted to do but timing has never worked out or some other factors never made it possible for us to do this so I'm excited that we get to experience this as a family it's another event we get to share with our kids and so we will again share all of that including what we're going to be doing at I think there's a couple RV kind of designated tents and what we're going to be doing and participating in those and we will share those in the show notes that you can link to our Instagram page and really join the RV Miles Facebook group too because we'll be sharing a lot of that there but just head over to rvmiles.com slash 213 and everything that we've talked about um, since the show started I will drop in that article. We have been booking a lot of campgrounds uh, over the last few weeks and uh at last minute very last <laughs> yes. minute rate and so it, i know there's this narrative out there that it is very hard to get a campsite and that's true in places where it's always very hard to get a mm -hmm. campsite i'm sure but it's also gotten better since labor day i think for sure. for sure um and so we have had very little problem we're right now we're at a very popular las vegas rv resort and got a good price but on our way down here we used the spot tonight app and got a good site um at Big Rock Candy Mountain. Yeah, which you didn't believe that that was actually what it was called. And you were like, this isn't exactly <laughs> Is this the actual yet. Big Rock yeah. Candy Mountain? I don't so, know. So <laughs> a couple things I want to mention here. Yeah, so we used the Spot Tonight app. And we'd like to thank Spot Tonight for inviting us to use their app and check it out and see how it works. They're looking for feedback. They actively want to make this app better. So I actually booked this campsite 
two days before we showed up and I got it on a weekend, y'all. So we rolled in on a Thursday. We left on a Sunday and I booked it on a Tuesday. So something like this Spot Tonight app is really awesome for seeing what is out there. And I had just kind of put in like I'm looking for, I did a wide scope. I said Utah. (laughs) I'm looking for a campground in Utah. And then I just kind of went off what I knew was going to be like we're traveling on I-70 and I just kind of mapped it out as to where I, how far we wanted to drive. And I was able to get something booked. I want to say too about this campground that we're at here in Las Vegas. I found this campground. First, we were going to go, and this is no shade to KOA, but we were going to go to a KOA here and it was going to cost us almost $100 a night. I was going to swallow that because I knew we had work to do and I knew that we were headed over to NASCAR. But what was frustrating about that was that they were going to charge $15 a day for the kids. So $5 a day, there was the, the kid tax. Never a fan of the kid tax. Not a fan of the kid tax. the extra person fee, as they like to call it. But I you don't know. know what space they're <laughs> taking up outside of the space we're already yeah. renting, but that's a story for another day. I did find this particular campground for $38 less a night, plus there was a good Sam discount attached to that. And this campground is awesome. It's Oasis RV Resort. There's a pool. There's a couple pools. There's an adult pool. There's a kid pool. There's a hot tub. We've just been going in the evenings when it's really quiet at the pool with the kids. This is not everyone's style of campground. This no, is, we're no, all no, packed no, no. in tight here, but not as tight as you might think, and not as tight as we've been in the past in Las Vegas. Well, I was going to say, if you saw our boondocking <laughs> pictures from RVE, we have more space here than we did when we were boondocking there. <laughs> Palm so, trees between every site, grass, yeah. uh, nice paved pull-through sites, and very nice pools and stuff. And for it's Vegas. Las Vegas. I mean, Vegas. I mean, the strip is right around the corner. Yeah. It's not walking distance, but it's a very short drive and lots of free parking for a price that I would expect to pay for this resort in anywhere. But we're in a big city. And on top of that, this was another last minute booking. Yeah. I called on a Sunday and I said, we need to arrive on a Thursday. And I even said, do you allow kids? <laughs> like I, I checked off all the boxes. They were super great. But this is just between using the Spot Tonight app to find that campground in Utah and then turning around and finding an open space in Las Vegas four days before we wanted to arrive. The spaces are out there. It's the fall camping season. Don't be discouraged. Get out there and go camping. You can absolutely do it last minute. All right. Speaking of spot tonight, we're going to take a break and you're going to hear an ad from them. Uh, sponsors of the show, but when we get back, we're going to have Josh Winters, Josh the RV Nerd from Haylet RV up in Coldwater, Michigan's fantastic YouTube channel, uh, and it's just an all-around great guy, and it's a great dealership uh, that we want you to hear about because there are some really good dealers out there contrary to popular belief, <laughs> and, and Haylet is one of them. So we'll be right back with Josh from Haylet RV. We'll be right back. Find your next camping adventure with the Spot Tonight app. Spot Tonight offers real-time visibility across numerous campgrounds available for immediate booking. Easy to use and free to download, with Spot Tonight you can build a traveling profile, share parks with friends via messaging, and mark your favorite campgrounds. Travelers can search for specific parks that meet their exact needs for tonight and beyond. No more blind searches in hopes of finding an available spot. Simply look, book, and go. 
Campground owners, download the Spot Tonight app and see how your park can join a vastly expanding network. For more information, visit spottonight.com or simply download the app in the Apple or Google Play stores. Look, book, and go with Spot Tonight. Travel may seem a bit confusing right now, but Out Travel the System is here to help. The podcast brought to you by Expedia is full of tips and tricks from experts so you can hack your travel. Have confidence as you plan your next road trip adventure or dream vacation thanks to Out Travel the System. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show. My guest today is Josh Winters, better known as Josh the RV Nerd from Halet RV in Coldwater, Michigan. People are flocking from miles around to visit Halet RV because mainly Josh's presence on YouTube where he is so open and honest and it's very refreshing uh, coming from a dealer about how dealerships work, about the RV industry, and he's just an all-around nice guy but also a very knowledgeable guy. Thanks, Josh, for coming on the show. Well, I've been accused of being some of those things before, but never so many of them in one sentence. You're, wow, you're really setting the bar high. I don't know if I can deliver quite that. Live up to it. <laughs> you have built this, uh, uh, you have a, a great dealership uh, up in up in Coldwater, uh, but you have built this awesome YouTube presence where you uh, run around like a madman, seemingly recording every single RV that comes onto your lot if you can, yeah. uh, especially during this time where uh, some of the RVs that are coming in are selling within minutes sometimes of being on the lot. You're still getting that, that video out there, which is a great help to everybody around the country who's just looking for a walkthrough of an RV. What led you to, to begin like this sort of uh, YouTube presence? Oh, total accident. No, none of this was intentional. That's the really kind of fun part in a way. It was just this oops thing that happened. Um, our channel dates back to a different time in YouTube where YouTube was really almost just a hosting site for videos that people would embed into other websites. And that was really our only purpose for it. And then just over one day, a couple of years later, I looked up and we had thousands of subscribers and I, I totally no clue people were even tuning into this thing. And it just like a snowball, it started with this one little snowflake and started growing. And, and here we are today. We, today, this morning, we passed 130,000 uh, followers. So you do all these, these great walkthroughs, which are really detailed and, and, uh, and fun and funny. You're, you're great on camera. But you also do uh, you also do lots of other things. You do like tip videos. You do uh, industry updates, and you do recall alerts. You're really open about responding to what's going on in the industry. And I think that's really refreshing for for a lot of us watching uh, and coming from a dealer's perspective. Uh, it's really interesting to see that sort of insight. How has it was it difficult to convince? um your 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 employers who you are also your family members that it would be beneficial to be super open and honest about all this stuff no actually that's one of the things that uh i've really always been just granted carte blanche a license to kill whatever you want to say um one of the tenets of my training has always been that we have a real fiduciary responsibility to our customers and i think by extension our viewers 
um, to, to really give them as much information as we can to, to really give them uh, a deeper understanding whenever they'll allow us that opportunity. Um, and I'm very fortunate in that I'm really allowed to operate almost completely autonomously here. So anything that I, I, I think that I deem out there that I'm like, hey, this is beneficial or people need to know about this. Um, as long as it's not going to land us in a lawsuit, the boss really doesn't mind that I put that out there. So uh, I, I count myself very fortunate in that I've been I've, I've had the pedigree or the, the leadership that has instilled those kind of things into me, because something I don't think people always realize is the quality of experience you have at an individual level is often very much influenced by the quality of leadership overseeing that facility. So these are just the tenants that my father, Mr. Halet, Halet RV, uh, has always had. And just through the magic of the internet in this small little, you know, town in the middle of kind of nowhere, Michigan, not a big place or anything. We've been able to broadcast that out. And thankfully folks have listened and they've responded, you know. So you don't only share stuff, uh, on the internet, but you, you all walk the walk up there. People are very happy with their experience. You have great Google reviews and all that um, at Halo RV. So let's talk a bit about uh, what makes a good dealer. I mean, sure. sometimes it feels obvious. <laughs> like it's, it's just somebody that's honest with you and uh, and doesn't aim to screw you over. Uh, but what, what do you guys, what do you feel that you guys do differently uh, at Halo? Or what do you feel that are some of the best practices that you all do that we should be looking out for when we're looking to choose a dealer to buy an RV. Sure. And I think a lot of that almost stems right, uh, picks up right where my last thing left off there is just some of the basic principles of the, of our store here in that um, I've always been told like, let's pick any brand, any trailer that we carry here. There's probably hundreds of other people that have that exact same thing available. Why would they come here versus somewhere else? You know, everyone's got a good price or they wouldn't be in business. It really is the experience and the information that you get starting right from your initial salesperson or even people who just come in to buy like a light bulb off the shelf in the parts shop who end up becoming like a sales customer later on. You know, um, it really is getting to know you, helping you. I always say helping you find your second RV the first time or something like that. But um, it's easy. Someone comes in and says, okay, I want a bunkhouse, sleep six, half ton towable. And I can just point at something and go here. But if I can investigate a little further, like what if your kids are uh, late teenagers and they're going to be leaving the house soon? Maybe a bunkhouse isn't actually going to be the best fit. If you're going to finance this thing for 10, 12, 15 years, do you really only want a camper that's going to work for two? And it's those kind of conversations. It's, it's, uh, it's a slower way of doing business. It takes more time per customer, but I think that we end up with a happier client that uh, we really earn that return in that referral business. Um, and I think that's really reflected. You mentioned things like Google review scores. Our, our online review scores, uh, I am super proud of because there's no way to cheese those. There's no way to just uh, you can't just pay somebody to create fake YouTube review or Google reviews for you. They get filtered out. Google has filters and searches for that kind of stuff. And I won't tell you that we're perfect. I've never claimed that we're perfect. Uh, there's times that we've absolutely earned a ding and there's times that we absolutely haven't. But even through all of that, we still rank in something like the 95th or higher percentile in terms of um, dealer reviews on 
like uh, Google, uh, Facebook, uh, Better Business Bureau. We've carried an A-plus rating for the 13 years that I've been here. I don't think we've ever had anything less than that. And it's not that we don't have adversity sometimes, but I think it's really what you do when things don't go according to plan that really define you, you know? Yeah, it's 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 some of the obvious lessons of customer service that, that lots of businesses know, but for some reason, sometimes dealerships uh, get a little lost in the we want to make the we want to make the sale now and we're not looking for the repeat customer we're not looking for the good word of mouth and all that sort of stuff and I think you know from my experience of listening to what you do and and um, hearing you talk about your customers it sounds like even when there is a problem uh, which is always going to arise that that you work hard to to solve those issues we try and there are times where our hands are are really tied uh like there with the, the current availability of certain parts there's times where it could be the simplest thing and we're just literally not able to fulfill it there's also some things that are not always as obvious and clear like i'll just say a microwave let's say your microwave goes out um I can contact a manufacturer on your behalf and, and they could say, well, it's going to be six weeks before we can send you one of those. And in the meantime, you can punch in that model and serial number or whatever uh, on like say Amazon and you could have it delivered to your house free shipping in two days. And you're going, what gives? That is one of those really tricky things that does feel a little behind the time sometimes in this industry where yes, we can do that, but not on the manufacturer's money. Um, and that is one of those things where if, you know, if that's what you really want, we could get you that microwave in two days, but not with the manufacturer paying for it. So there's, there's some things like that that aren't always really obvious. Like, why can I get it here? Why can't they get it there? I, I don't have all the answers for things like that. I just know that there's occasionally there's these little gray murky areas that feel like they could be easier. And even as I say this, I understand what I'm saying to be true. I still don't even know myself why it's true. I just know that it is. <laughs> <laughs> so when we, we go to a dealership and you know we're looking at RVs and um, you know maybe we choose some, maybe we have something that we're interested in buying and, and we're going we're beginning the process of you know, negotiating a price and talking about financing and, and all that sort of stuff. I think that's often a, um, a point where at some dealerships people start to you know the 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 tide shifts a little bit like they've been extremely helpful up until this point and we're we're getting close to signing on the dotted line they're still being helpful but you know maybe they're they're trying to start to uh upcharge us on things they're maybe sneaking things in there or they're wanting us to pay several thousand dollars for a pre-delivery inspection that sort of stuff what should we expect out of our dealership well i tell you one of the first things and you'll never like if you look up like how to buy an rv guide or something like that you know here's the 10 steps there's there's something here that i've noticed i've just correlated um between uh because like doing these videos i've met agents of other dealerships who are in totally different market areas where we can privately be very candid with one another so there's some interesting trends i've been able to piece together and one of those i think before you even get to that point is you say investigate the service center. I think one of the easiest ways you can start to get an idea though of a lot of things is count the number of service bays in, in comparison to the number of sales positions that they have at a place. 
And I've noticed a really interesting trend. When you start getting pretty close to a one-to-one ratio, or if you have more service base and sales staff, you tend to find a place that seems to be really focused on the total experience of the customer, not just not just the bottom line, not just the sale price, that kind of thing, but the total before, during, and after sale process for a customer. There's there's guaranteed, like if you just if you're like, I don't care, I'm just only, only, only after the best price. Find a place that has absolutely no service base because they're not going to have touched a single thing on that. But I, I think one of the other things when you are on the front side, when you like, let's say we've gotten through that and we are um, at that me and the salesperson purchase point, we focus a lot on what is the payment or what is your price? And you mentioned that there can be these add-on fees and whatnot, and those can be very murky. What am I actually, what am I really paying for this? And I highly encourage people, of course, if you're on a payment basis, you, you need to make sure it fits within your monthly payment. But before that, I highly encourage people to ask, you know, what is my total cost of ownership? What is uh, the, the total amount that is getting sent into the lender uh, before my money down, you know, um, because if there are these fees or these add-ons, it allows you to totally smoke out and equalize all that so that you understand how much am I actually paying for this? And I think at the end of the day, it sounds obvious when you say it, but it's amazing how often you, you come into an experience like this at so many places. And uh, yeah, well, uh, people will say, well, I found this, this trailer for 18 at some other place and you're at 19.9. And I say, okay, well, what is it out the door? What is a tax title, license, hitch, everything? And they're like, I don't know. They said it was 18. I'm like, don't you feel that's a question you would want to know? Don't you honestly want to know? Like if you had one check left in your checkbook and you tell a person, I'm not going to a bank, I'm going to write one number on a check one time and I'm never paying you another red cent. What does the number in that checkbook have to be for me to pull away with that thing? And that's when you find out what you're really paying to purchase something because otherwise there's that old saying, figures lie and liars figure. And we put, we put everything out there. We've always, uh, ever since I took over our website, we've always really had, uh, the goal has been transparency. And that was 13 years ago now, holy cow. Um, it means sometimes that somebody can't, well, they're giving me more for my trade down the street. Okay, but what's the total cost of ownership? I can make these numbers dance any way you'd like to. At the end of the day, there's one number coming out of that checkbook. That's the number I want to focus on. So you've been you've been pretty vocal about the the situation in in the industry over the last year and a half since I guess more than a year and a half now since the pandemic began. Let, Ten thousand foot view. Step back. What has it been like over the last year and a half to be an RV dealer? It's been like a roller coaster, but I'm not done. It's been like a roller coaster that's on fire. <laughs> there's these ups and there's downs and uh, it can be fun, but there's been a lot of heat the entire time and it has been unprecedented. Uh, you know, my mentor, my leadership, our owner here, my father, in a sense, uh, over what, between 40 to 50 years of various sales experience himself. He's old Ford alumni. He's been around. He's seen all kinds of things. And I've got uh, people at our store that have been in this for like him, uh, you know, upwards of 30 years. And one of my jobs is uh, like, I, I help manage our inventory. What do we order? When do we order? How do we order it? And and I'm asking him for advisory, like, hey, this is new to me. You know, I, I started in the 09 recession area. So like I've seen things go up and I started at a downtime. I've never had adversity like this. And I go, how do I manage this? And they go, I don't know. And that just totally floored me. 
this is all uncharted territory and you can plan and you adapt and you plan and you adapt. And then tomorrow you make a new plan and you adapt to whatever tomorrow throws at you. And it's like um, the phrase that I use lately is that it, we've been Paula Abdulling it, um, whether it's our inventory stock, whether it's parts availability. Um, it's been two steps forward, one step back. And it ain't fiction. It's an actual fact. Um, <laughs> there was massive toilet shortages and microwaves and stuff like that. Well, those have worked themselves out. Suddenly here, though, gold's worth its weight in ladders. Like, it's, like, there's been these weird things that weren't problems that suddenly now are problems. But what I've noticed is the trend on the most recent challenges has been actually more labor-based than part supply-based. It's just not as easy to see because you hear, well, the ladders are in shortage right now. We think, well, what, you can't build more ladders? No, they have all the parts. They don't have the people to build them. But like I said, for like every two two problems that have popped up, one new one seems to be creeping in and you make a plan and then you adapt to that. And there's that's just all you can do. There's been this weird undercurrent uh, with some people on social media where they think that uh, a lot of the the shortages in RVs out there uh, has just been a scam to raise prices and create a frenzy of demand. You've been one of the few, uh, I've noticed a lot of dealers are playing lots of tricks where they're actually trying to make it look like they've got a ton and ton of inventory. They're parking them different. They're putting all the slides out and parking them sideways and bringing them all to the front. You've been walking around your lots saying, look, there is nothing here for months now. Uh, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> but it seems like stuff might start to be rolling in a bit. Yeah. And, and the, uh, I understand the, um, the, the feeling sometimes like, you know, we've seen it from Nintendo, from Apple, when they release a new iPhone, they purposely don't build up. And that's literally been documented. That's not an opinion. Um, I could see how that logic would translate into the current market conditions or what we've seen over this past year. If it weren't for the fact that every manufacturer is reporting record shipments, if they were purposely not building enough, I don't think they would have been building more than they've ever built in history before. That is, I, I think that that is one thing there that's very telling. I just don't think people realize how amazingly overwhelming the demand has become. When we came out of the pandemic, when I first started my little industry update series, one of the things I said is that I expected the market to be like a, like a garden hose that was kinked. And then, you know, quarantine was the kink. And then when you let go, all the customers come flying out, right? What I didn't realize is that we were kinking a fire hose, uh, not a garden hose, and um, how much back pressure had built up. And from unexpected sources, because suddenly there was no soccer, there was no baseball, there were no concerts. Suddenly, camping was the new American pastime. And there weren't a lot of other opportunities to take your family out of your house to have a vacation. Like you couldn't go hang out with Mickey Mouse like you had in the past. We just weren't allowed to do these things. So a lot of people pivoted and shifted. And I think surprising both you and I, because I've heard you uh, talk and report on this, I did not expect the surge of demand to last the way that it has. And I think we were both expecting a little bit more normalization by now. And I think we're expecting, we both have talked about potential surges in the used RV market, which still does not appear to be happening, nor am I able to forecast it. 
I absolutely acknowledge everything ebbs and flows. Everything goes up and down. And I think the next uh, two years will be very interesting because the average first time RV owner, and we've seen the greatest flux of new RV owners ever in the history of ever uh, recently here. The average first timer only keeps their RV about two and a half years. We're approaching about a year, year and a half mark. The next two years, I think are going to be very interesting because as as you've reported, Almost all of these new people, the vast majority, are planning to camp more. So we've added 600,000 new campers and only, what, 50,000, 60,000 new campsites over the last couple of years. It's going to be really interesting to see how this pans out. And I've given up. My magic eight ball sucks. I can't figure out what's happening. I'm just going to keep showing up every day and about once a month try to put my best info out there. And I don't get it all right. And I, I have a little keyhole view of it i don't have that you know wide angle national view of everything um and i i just i really depend on a lot of feedback from my viewers telling me like hey over here in south dakota here's what i'm seeing and it really helps me paint a wider broad picture too it seems to me like the only truth that anybody could really come to is that that there that it's way more nuanced than anybody could imagine that yeah it's never been People are buying because of COVID. People will sell them when COVID is over. There's there's all kinds of stuff like the the move towards work from home, lots of people retiring, stimulus checks that people can use as down payments and which I guess worked. That's what they're supposed to do, I suppose. And and people are upgrading their rigs too, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of people that are that are not first time buyers that have been buying now. Absolutely. And I've seen a big downsize trend also. And one of the other things that I think has been very interesting is we don't just do like new campers and trade-ins here. We have uh, like a completely separate facility in a sense, a whole second dealership that does nothing but um, consignment sales where we sell things for people and understanding the people who uh, are largely leaving the market, why they're leaving the market. And I, I've seen some late model stuff, but I always see some late model stuff. I've also seen some very old stuff where somebody upgraded to something and um, they've owned it free and clear for a while and just didn't have to take it in on trade. So they're asking us to sell it and get them a little closer to a a retail than a wholesale figure. Um, That will be, I think from the consignment side of things will be one of the first times I can really start to see if there is a heavy change in the wind. I've suspected maybe a couple of times we might've started to see it, but it's always kind of fizzled out. I've just seen a couple little spike blips of listings been kind of like at a new RV store, you have little, you know, the last week of the month is always a spike in business for whatever reason. Um, so it's, yeah, like I said, I don't, I, I really don't know what tomorrow's going to bring anymore. <laughs> so what, what is the inventory situation right now? Has it, has it been getting better at on your specific lot? Yeah. Slow, but sure. Um, and that is one of those things that uh, we've received a little bit of flack for. Like I can, month after month, I share there's absolutely nothing out on our lot. We haven't hidden that fact. We haven't tried to pull service units up front to make the lot look full or anything. And people have said, well, I don't understand why you're empty and someplace else is just swimming in inventory. And it seems to be very pocketed and regional. Um, there's a few different reasons. Um, we're not selling for MSRP. We've maintained a discounted pricing plan. And I suppose that's put us below the the average market, which has certainly not hurt. Um, We have very popular lines. If you look at our lineup here, um, like if you look in the top 10 trailers or fifth wheels, 
we have almost all of those names at one location. We've been able to cherry pick some of the very best stuff in the industry. So just naturally by default, we are stocking brands that already have a higher level of demand versus maybe some other things. I'll say at this point that like for every five trailers that arise, we're only selling four of those right now. So we're really slowly building inventory, but we are getting, we are finally starting to rebuild stuff. And actually some local people have even come in who have said, it's nice to see you getting some trailers. We were afraid you're going out of business, you know, and that hasn't been the problem whatsoever. You, uh, I remember you talking um, around the model change last year about how that the manufacturers really could have sort of not done much um, at the changeover and yeah. said, hey, let's just keep building what we're building. Uh, but you were you were pleasantly surprised that there there was some innovation and, and improvements. What what's your sense right now as we're we've changed over to the 2022 model year is clear as mud that we can do that within the RV industry. <laughs> what's what's the sense of of what 22 uh, models are like? Um, it, it has really varied by brand. Um, there, for the most part, I have seen most manufacturers really keep their existing like equipment packages. I haven't seen a lot of violence and turnover and, and advancements in some areas. Um, I have seen uh, some brands have basically just said, okay, some stuff that was optional last year, we're just going to standardize so that we can smooth out our build process and just stock one part instead of two, because that's easier right now. Um, and frankly, they are things that people probably wanted standard anyway. But there's been a couple things like Jayco has actually been surprisingly progressive. They have, um, they really put through, I think, probably the most comprehensive series of updates I've seen for the 22 model year. And it hasn't just been, uh, well, we have a new decor in the outside of the camper. Looks new. Like they've really changed some equipment on some things. Like North Points have voice activation for things like your awnings and lights and stuff like that, which is cool. Um, but uh, like Keystone has really attacked solar hard. And I, I, I'll take the Pepsi challenge on this one. They, I think that they have become the leader in factory solar solutions. And um, I, I think it could be argued that maybe you could piecemeal if you really knew what you were doing and had the know-how and what parts look for. I think you could maybe piecemeal something together that's maybe arguably a little better. But from the factory, I've not seen anyone doing better than them. And what I like what they did is they didn't just call like um, one solar supplier. They actually contacted a solar upfit company who can get parts from anybody. In a, in a sense, they contacted a service center and said, we want to make the best solar. What is the best solar? And as we mentioned, um, what, 600,000 ish new campers and maybe 60,000 new campsites over this last year? Camping off grid, making your own campsite has really become uh, something some people need to do. And I think addressing that, I think we're going to see solar really continue. And I think late 22, early 23, you're going to see a lot of other manufacturers really jumping on. Not just like, well, here's a solar battery tending package, but hey, here's a legit boondock package. And they're spendy for sure. Um, but I, I could see that market continuing to grow. Yeah, it's it's certainly cheaper, I would imagine, to have that done at the factory while it's being built than for a a dealer to have to like rip holes in the roof and run wiring throughout the thing and and all that sort of stuff. So it it makes a lot of sense, at least if they get the wiring done right, right? 
Well, and there's a couple things there. Yes, absolutely. If you can get something installed from the manufacturer uh, while it's being built, it will absolutely be less expensive than you could get at any service center effectively. Because when they're building it, they're already there working on it. There's almost no labor time involved. It's just adding one more object. If you take it someplace aftermarket, once everything's been fully enclosed, unwrapping that and then wrapping it back up, that's a very involved process to do it without making it look uh, like my Uncle Gary done did it. Uh, the uh, and Uncle Gary doesn't even exist, by the way. For anyone curious <laughs> who this guy is, that's that's why he's such a complicated man. Um, the uh, other thing there that a lot of people don't consider when you have it done from the factory, it carries a factory warranty, and there's maybe there it, it eliminates the option of potential finger pointing. At least it takes one more party out of the equation. That's one of the reasons I recommend people look at the number of service bays a place has. If they have none, where are you going to get your camper worked on? Like do, some places, well, we have an agreement with the place down the street. Man, now, there's another layer of complication in something that's already a fairly complicated process. You know, now who's really responsible for the work if it doesn't go right? Now who do you call? And I, I it just it feels way too easy for me for a customer to get hung out to dry somewhere in the middle. You know. Stuff like the solar uh, packages that Keystone is putting in, there seems to be, obviously by necessity, there's a big move right now towards people ordering RVs to be built for them, uh, more so than, than ever before because they can't find what they want on the lot. Where are we at now? Are the times, uh, are, are the wait times for new RVs that you've ordered getting any better? Um, no, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I, I dislike that answer, but um, I've heard about six months for a long time now. Um, and I've been listening to people who ordered something in February, recently taking a lot of new RVs home. So there does seem to be a rough six month holding pattern right now. Um, and it's going to vary greatly by brand. I suspect it'll vary greatly by model and by preferred equipment package. Um, uh, there are certain things that manufacturers just don't always build as frequently, whether it's a floor plan or they don't order this object until next month or something like that, which can delay things. But um, one of the other catch 22s about having the really popular lines that we have is that they have the biggest backlogs. So it, it does mean that when you when you are shopping those ultra popular brands, they tend to be the ones that you wait the longest to get. You can argue that they're worth waiting for, and that's why they're so popular. But um, if you don't have a real brand preference, this is something that you you know, it, it, depending on what you're looking at, you might be able to find quicker availability if you're not necessarily brand loyal. And I always encourage people to shop a floor plan first. Anyway, find the layout you like. Somebody else is going to build it. And that might give you some more doors and more avenues, you know, and who knows, you might find something you never saw before that you liked. Well, Josh, also known as Josh, the RV nerd, Josh Winters from Halet RV. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. You can find Josh's wonderful YouTube channel, the Halet RV YouTube channel. And of course, visit Halet RV up in Coldwater, Michigan. I mean, I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> Jason. Thank you so much. Tell Abigail I said hi and tell her next time she needs uh, a blizzard from Dairy Queen, uh, park in the parking lot and then go inside. Don't try the drive through again. <laughs> Don't make me go through. Thanks a lot. It's good to see your face. See you, buddy.
Electrical Surge Protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV, and the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector, made by Hughes Autoformers, beats the competition with field replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. The Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small affordable part you can replace yourself. They'll even give you a free surge module in the first two years and now have a limited lifetime warranty. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoformers.com. That's code RVMILES for 10% off at HughesAutoformers.com. Fall is around the corner, so it's time to start thinking about prepping for the winter off-season. Whether you own a motorhome, a travel trailer, or a truck camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. EmpireCovers.com offers high-quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect. Every cover comes with a free multi-year warranty to guarantee that it remains durable over time. If you're not in need of a full cover, Empire has just launched a line of RV rooftop covers that keep the roof of your RV clean and protect it from UV rays. Listeners can receive free shipping and 60% off the original price of their cover order. Visit EmpireCovers.com slash RVMiles or use promo code MILES60 at checkout. EmpireCovers.com protect what you love. Our thanks to Josh for joining us on the show. You know, he is so quick-witted, and I absolutely admire this about him. It's the same as I admire about Tony from the Stressless Camping Podcast. They can just come up with the funniest things. We're in kind of an RV content creators group with them, and it absolutely blows my mind how quick and how fast they are. Tony's the king of puns, and Josh is the king of dad jokes. Yes. Yes. It's just a joy. I always tuck these little like nuggets from them in my pocket and I'm like, one day I'm going to use that. And then that day comes and I forget all about it. And then I'm like, dang it, I should have used one of those. So anyway, it was great having him on the show. I really appreciate that he took the time to do that. So with that, it is time to check the level of our tanks. It is time for our Fresh Tank Black Tank series, and you get to go first this week. So, Jason, what is in your Black Tank this week? Uh, look, <laughs> uh, this we, we talked about how we're enjoying this Oasis RV resort here in mm-hmm. Las Vegas, and everything about it has been pretty nice. But there's one thing that drove me insane. Uh, when we checked in, it's an awesome check-in. You've got this, it's this resort-style check-in. They've got all these giant lanes, these pull-through lanes for you to pull through your, your RV through. You've got like eight lanes to pull into, and then you go into this big atrium, and you, you're basically going up to like a, a hotel lobby-type situation. And they check you in there, right? On my way in, I get accosted by somebody who is talking to me about Good Sam membership. And they're like, well, do you know about the upgraded Good Sam membership? It's basically you get like way more than 10% off. And she's like really coming at me about this. And I'm like, oh, uh, no. But it, and, and I would have completely brushed her off had I not been like, you know, somebody like covering the RV industry and really wanting to know what the heck she's talking about so I can warn people <laughs> about this. <laughs> uh, but it, it turned out that what, what she's selling 
uh, she was selling something uh, was because uh, she started talking to me about going to a presentation the next day and signing up to visit a presentation. And she was really good about like sneaking it in there. And then it was going to be like, oh, you also have to give me a $20 deposit to see the presentation. I'm like, back off. And then I'm, I thought that was my out. So I'm like, no, I don't have any cash. I'm not doing that. And she's like, well, I'll put it in for you, but you got to promise me to be there. Oh, it was oh it was rough. And uh, what it turned out she was selling, it was a coast to coast RV campground membership, which is kind of like Thousand Trails, but Good Sam Enterprises. I, I did actually did not know this until uh, this happened. <laughs> Good Sam Enterprises owns coast to coast RV resorts, which is uh, it's a basically like some uh, sort of a timeshare type of it's a membership program where you pay in timeshare is a bad word for it but you pay in and you join i I know lots of listeners lots of people we've talked to are coast to coast members and there's nothing wrong with the coast to coast membership program if the campsites are near you and it's what you want to be involved with a lot of people are in the thousand trails but it was just the way like uh, i mean i'm you know i'm just trying to check in here like don't it was it was like a welcome to las vegas here is it's like the street vendors starting to sell you stuff right immediately as i step into the campground and it was just a really big turnoff for this resort and i wish they wouldn't do that and if you know jason this is his nightmare scenario he I can't say no <laughs> he comes back to the truck and i was convinced he was like going to say to me I just bought a timeshare. Like, where we now own a, a plot of land here at this RV resort. He was so awkward, and he was like, "Something just happened in there, but I don't exactly know what happened." But I agreed to things that I didn't mean to agree to, and it was hilarious. I agreed to go to the presentation, and then I thought, then "Well, you, I just won't show up." But then, then you she's... texted her, and we're like, "Sorry, I you used me as the excuse." You're like, "Sorry, I think my wife doesn't. My wife's not into this." No, like, I. I just, like I just said, please cancel our, our, our presentation. That's all I said. But it she was... had like our site number and our information and not everything. So I, I mean, like, how do you get around that? And you it's don't. supposedly not affiliated with this resort. But she's a lot. They've got a desk. You know, it's it's all that sort of stuff. But they knew because we were good yeah. Sam members. I'm sure they got the information. Hey, we have a good Sam member coming <laughs> in. But boy, Jason was a very awkward human being when he got back in the truck. And then he's like, I, I can't go back in that building. Don't make me go back in there. Like, I've we been went, nervous about I going back won't. in that building every day because she never responded to my text. <laughs> he won't so, go back in. Long way around the bend to say, you know, good Sam is owned by Camping World, whose CEO is Marcus Limonis. So long way around the bend to say, knock it off, Marcus. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Can we get that message sent to him? Do you think he's listening? Yeah, he's probably listening to the podcast, right? <laughs> All right. What is your fresh tank this week? Uh, my fresh tank is the new Ford Expedition. Uh, I'm going to pull up the press release here. So I've got the info in, in front of me. But, you know, a lot of people are always asking us, and we see it in, like, the full-time families Facebook groups a lot, larger families wanting something that they can tow with Mm -hmm. something that they can tow a decent sized travel trailer with but they've got you know they they may have three kids and a couple dogs or they've got four kids or whatever it is they want to be able to put people in you know a third row of seating and they want everyone to have their own seat well and it used to be there were some bigger suvs that were basically like a a one-ton truck 
that was in SUV shape and no longer can you get those. So the best option that you really have in the newer vehicles is the Ford Expedition. And it has been for a while uh, in terms of towing capacity. And Ford has just redone the Expedition. You can get up to 9,300 pounds of towing capacity with the new Expedition. Now, you know, imagine that you're going to have a thousand pounds worth of people and stuff inside it. Right. So now you're down to 8,300. So you're probably looking at like a trailer 7,500 pounds or less to tow with something like this. Yeah, I would want to go closer to 7,000. It it does have, it's got the 3.5 liter EcoBoost engine. I really think this was a great opportunity for them to drop the 7.3 liter Godzilla engine, which we have in in our truck and which is the upgraded gas engine in the Super Duties or even to make a diesel mm-hmm. um, would have been great. And then if they had done that, they probably would have been able to boost that towing capacity up to like 12.5 or something like that. And I really wish that kind of thing existed for some of those families out there. But this thing is loaded to the gills with technology. It's got like, it's got the Blue Cruise uh, hands-free driving, which I know there's a lot of opinions about. My opinion is it's going to make all the different hands-free driving technologies are going to have a few issues but overall they're going to make our roads much 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 safer intersection assist um, which uses the front camera and radar sensors to detect oncoming traffic while you're attempting to turn left there's a risk of a potential collision with an oncoming vehicle it will alert you and apply the brakes Uh, reverse brake assist which is backing out of parking spaces uh, it can sense oncoming pedestrians and vehicles you know, right now we have something like that that alerts us. Mm-hmm. The blind spot detection alerts us when somebody is is crossing behind us. This will actually hit the brakes for you. Wow. So lots of stuff like that. We're, we're getting a lot of, of, of different things. Evasive steering assist. It's helping you actually evade uh, an action. They're just awesome stuff coming out to vehicles in the next few years. Probably a bunch of stuff that's going to break. We're going to pay a lot of money for repair when we're out of warranties on a lot of these things. But most of it, again, so much of it is software related. Yes. It's great. Boy, you're, you you're, could, way, you're just wanting wow, to cut in and wow. you can't because I keep talking. Yes. Wow. You could clearly talk about this for an, we could do a whole look. I could leave. And just let you have this show for like 45 minutes, which some people might like. And then you could just talk about a truck. We've done that once or twice and it was, (laughs) I was bored. All right. Oh my goodness. Well, you didn't have this truck in front of you to talk about, or this SUV, I should say. What is in, as if I don't know, what is in your black tank? Well, I'm going to flip it first. Okay. So I want to actually do. Oh, you want to do your fresh. I want to do my fresh because it needs to lead into my black. This is a story. Okay. So my fresh tank this week goes to the Bullion Canyon Drive. Bullion. 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 Look, in Kansas City, we say bullion. You do not say bullion. We we do. You should not. (laughs) We do. Just like some of us like to say buggy and coupons. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, continue. Say it again. Bullion. Bullion Canyon Drive. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. This drive, I'm just going to refer to it as that from now on, was awesome. So it follows this mining trail here. It wasn't far from our campsite. It was, I would say, maybe a 15-minute drive, and it's part of the National Forest. It's inside the Fish Lake National Forest Near in Utah. Mary's Vale. Mar- Mary's Vale or Marysville. I'm not, I think it's, it's Mary's Vale. It's V-A-L-E, Vale-E yeah. uh, Utah. Wow. We all know... <laughs> 
Who knows? <laughs> but they probably pronounce it Marysville. <laughs> Who knows? Someone will let us know. Uh, anywho, so it's inside the Fish Lake National Forest. You come in. It's about a two and a half to three mile drive total, but it is over. Just bump, bump, bump. Do not bring somebody passed us in a Suzuki. And I was like, first off, hey, hadn't seen a Suzuki, a Suzuki in a hot minute. But those tires, I was like, I don't know how they're th- those tires look more rickety than my kids' bike tires. The the information said passable by most two wheel drive vehicles. I would not I, agree with that. <laughs> I would like to discuss with the person who wrote that. Uh, so we did this. It was really cool. You get a little booklet. They ask for a dollar donation and you can read all the stops. So, you know, that made my heart explode because we go up to stop one. I get to read about it. Stop two. It ends up at Miners Park kind of up at the top and you can stop there we stopped we enjoyed a snack we went on a quarter mile little loop hike around sort of what they had set up as a display area of what it would have been like to live and work in that area and it was a really really nice afternoon it had been very rainy that day it was kind of nice to get out and enjoy and so this is now leading into my black tank because we're up there and we have two options in front of us. One, we can go back the way that we came, which was about two and a half, three miles back. They or, got a nice map posted there that you know yeah. shows you all the roads. And see, Jason goes over to look at the map. I wish I had walked over too. Oh, and you know, no, 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 no. There's nothing that you would have saw that would have changed no, your wouldn't. mind. Jason goes over and looks at the map and we have two options. We can go back the way we came or we can take this drive that's going to link us up to Highway 89 and then we can take that back to the campground. So we think, okay, it's showing about like what we thought was seven miles to get to 89. And we thought, okay, well, you know, it looks like it's going to be pretty simple. We're going to go ahead and do this. We made the decision. We didn't really know what we were getting on. And we thought maybe for the first couple miles, it would be really similar to what we had experienced coming up to this park. And it was seven (laughs) miles of uh, ATV trail, which was also fine for the truck. The truck did great. Let me just say, we would not have gone on this if we didn't have a truck that could handle this. The truck has trail assist on it. You know, it's totally made for this. What's not made for this are the five people in this truck that for two hours... It was seven miles at at four miles an hour or less. (laughs) It takes some time to do. Two hours well and it was non-stop bumping and on top of that i didn't expect that we were climbing a mountain that day because it was it was labeled as a canyon drive yes we (laughs) crossed tree line we summited somewhere around eleven thousand feet is just switchback after switchback after switchback of dirt rocky (laughs) road it started off kind of fun then it kind of got like not fun. And then it just got downright miserable because it seemed like the further down the mountain, the worse the roads got. And bless our children. They're, they were, for the most part, incredibly cooperative over this two-hour no-service, can't-even-put-on-an-audiobook-to-pass-the-time. Dad is doing three-point turns around some of these bends in order to make it. We are in four-wheel drive, low in some spaces. We ha- are also dealing with, did I mention that it had rained earlier? <laughs> so we're also dealing with that. And some of those, I mean, some of the spots on the road, like... You know, as the passenger, it was just, it 
boom, straight down. And I was like, what on earth? And some people, because I shared, if you, again, go over to our Instagram and I shared two minutes, a two minute video of what it was like, what we looked like at this point. We've been on the road for like 90 minutes already. And someone asked, why didn't you just turn around? There was, there was no turning around. Like you're in it to win it the minute you decide to take that right. There was a couple options to turn around, but but they were in the beginning when yeah, we didn't exactly. realize what we were, we were getting like, into. Oh, we were still like, oh, okay, it's it's all right, it's fine, and okay. fine. And then and then it was like, oh, now we now if we turn around, we've gone too far. Now now we're going backtracking yeah. further. However, we probably would have turned around had we known how much worse the road continued oh, to get. Dear you me. would think as it gets closer and closer to the highway that I it mean, went better and better, but it just got worse and worse and worse. And I'm not necessarily black tanking this road, so it's a part of the Paiute Trail. And we passed some ATVs who looked like they were having a blast. I'm like actually, 40 miles yeah, an hour. <laughs> listen, if, if only we could have let some of the air out of the tires. I am black tanking us because that was dumb. It was dumb not to know what we were doing. It was dumb not to have vetted that road better. And you know what happens when you assume, right? You make a out of you and me. And we made that out of ourselves that day. And we put our kids through this very long two-hour drive. In which it ended and they said, please don't ever make us do this again, ever. I suppose I could have aired down the tires at any point in that drive. Are you kidding me? I didn't think of it. Are you serious? Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. We got to wrap this episode up now because that was information you probably should have kept to yourself. All right. I mean, so, it's not that hard to let some air out. Oh, dear me. Okay, uh, let's wrap this episode up, though, with a community tip and trick from an RV Miles listener, actually. This is from Greg, and he emailed this to us. And so why don't you go ahead and read what he wrote? Sure. Greg said, I noticed I could buy a box of wood shaving bundles, 10 for $5 for a fire starter. Instead, in my fire kit, I carry a small hand planer. A smaller project planer works just as well. While relaxing, I shave off some wood from a piece of firewood to use as starter. It's relaxing, and every little bit helps our small fixed income budget. Love your podcast. Thanks. Uh, awesome. Thank you. That, that was a really great tip just to keep some wood shavings. You know, a lot of people do keep a little bag mm -hmm. of some sort of fire starter, whatever it is that you might have handy so that you're not going out and, you know, rolling up good paper towels that you could use for other reasons <laughs> oh, and stuff like that. That sounds familiar. <laughs> we should actually share next week uh, because for a while there, you were doing something to, to make homemade fire starters. Yeah. And we should share that next week like as an add-on yeah, yeah. to this I, one. We've talked about that in the past, but it was yeah. a very long time ago. Long so I'll bring that ago. up next week. Yeah. So, But thank you to Greg and thank you to everyone who has shared in the past. If you would like to share a tip or trick that you have that makes RVing and camping a little bit easier, you are welcome to email us at editor at rvmiles.com. Or if you've already made that as an Instagram reel or a YouTube short, just go in the comments and tag us. And then I will see it, and then maybe we can feature it on a future episode of the RV Miles podcast. All right. That's it for this week's episode. I think that is it. So thank you so much for joining us this week. And as we ask every single week, if you are enjoying the podcast, would you please head over to Apple Podcast and leave RV Miles a five-star review? Now, we get a lot of questions about how people can support RV Miles. And a lot of times they want to ask if we have Patreon, which is something we have not done. So we always like to share a few ways that if you would like to support RV Miles, you can do so 
so uh, through your dollars that maybe you're already going to spend. So Amazon.com would be one of those great places, just Amazon.com slash shop slash RV miles. And then we get a kickback for whatever you are purchasing. Doesn't need to be something that we put on that page. Nope. It can be anything from Amazon. Absolutely. And also engage with us on social media. If you're not following us on Instagram, Facebook or TikTok, if you would go over and do that, just having that subscriber, that follow also helps our business and helps RV Miles to grow. Engaging with us on social media, maybe sharing an article that you see come across our Facebook page, anything like that that you can do in social media is so incredibly helpful to us and it absolutely costs nothing. So, of course, we'd love to have you come and join the RV Miles Facebook group. That's a great way to connect with Jason and I. And I think that's it. Thank you for your continued support of what we're doing over here. We couldn't do this without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next week, be well, enjoy the final days of summer, and keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody.